Hello and welcome to another episode of the Community Fabric Podcast, where we bring the networking community to the table to talk about the things that matter to them most in their day to day. I'm Darren Forwell, your host for today's conversation, where we're going to take pause for a moment. We're going to look at how things are going in the world of network automation, consider what we've learned so far and how it shapes what we do next. And we're joined by someone who's in a great position to help us with this, being part of an organisation which has received a rather large vote of confidence um, <laughs> recently. Is that fair to say, Mark? I think it's a pretty big vote of confidence. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that, Darren. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. My name is Mark Holman. I'm the Chief Product Officer for uh, Netbox Labs, and I'm based in London, England the center of the universe of course but uh, um, it's amazing how many how many British people I end up speaking to on the podcast it's uh, anyone would think there's a bias there it's uh, well it's interesting in the network automation world because there is there seems to be a, a like a non-statistically um, reasonable number of network automation people in the UK and I don't know what the history of that is but there's a lot of us here that's a very good point actually I've not considered that before you know what we should we should get them all together sometime maybe that's um like a meetup maybe what do you reckon yeah there's a thought there's a thought there's there's, watch this space everybody so and i mentioned the vote of confidence obviously anyone who follows industry news over recent weeks wouldn't have been able to avoid it right you and the team must be on cloud nine at the moment incredibly happy yeah it was a lot of work i mean this story um obviously the netbox story starts a long time ago but the, the sort of run up to this starts in uh January 2022, uh, when I came over to NS1, um, where Jeremy was at the time, and we decided to incubate this netbox idea to build out to see if there was, you know, commercial demand for that, and see if there was a tool that we could create that would would have value for the community and netbox users. And it seems like the answer was yes. So most of 2022 was ramping that up, experimenting a lot, trying to figure out what it was, and then it became very clear towards the end of the year that this this sort of had its own life. So, um, so we were keen to, to, to split that off and, and get some funding, um, which we were able to do successfully. Uh, the Friday before last feels like a week. <laughs> it feels like both no time and 10 years. Yeah, things are quite busy at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And I guess, I guess what it does is validate that the network automation space is generally a good place to be, that there's a lot of interest um not just from from uh, practitioners but but investors that that there's something real in what we're trying to achieve here i think that's right i think network automation's had a bit of a rough ride as a term just because you know some industry commentators say well we've been doing this for a decade already but really what they're referring to is that people were sort of calling sd when network automation mm. a long time ago and i think what we're really seeing now and that's where you know people in the industry are, are watching and investors is um is network automation proper, as I would call it. Um, right. It's starting to cross the chasm. People are understanding, you know, this is on lists, you know, CIO lists for the for the year of things to be investigated. And I think also the community um, is responding by creating all sorts of incredible open source tools and closed source tools. And, and you can see a real buzz occurring here. And people are starting to pop out of the woodwork with real success stories about yeah. how it does help their businesses. And when you bring all those things together, I think that's when you start to see the melting pot sort of uh, hotting up. Yeah, I mean, it's felt felt to me like um, a, a lot of the drivers obviously being at, at the ground level, right? That, that people are, are, are gearing up, trying to understand what approaches to take and, and looking at, at projects that involve, I guess, the, the, the obvious things of being able to, to push config, to be able to gather data and so on and, and, and use those things then 
um, at the simple level. Now what we're talking about is stepping it up a notch, I suppose. I think that's right. I was I was doing I was having some fun at the weekend doing a deep dive on monitoring. Um, mm. and obviously trying out the fantastic new IP Fabric free trial. And uh, and and it occurred to me that you know there's a lot of action in this space. But I think exactly to your point, really, if we think about what we want to do with network automation, it's 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 to just do the thing we were already doing, but with less errors and a greater yeah. scale and more reliability and etc. And what that basically is is I would like to express my intent to the network. And I'd like to, the network to give me information back about how it's working in a way that I can understand. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the config pushing and, and simple monitoring of things, people have definitely conquered that already because it's quite logical for them. I think the next step is for us to figure out how to make, you know, to be able to get to a point where you can reason about what you would like the network to do at a higher yeah. level than just devices. I think we need to do a bit more work around the tooling. And I was just taking a look at this. I was like, is there a stack here? And, and I started right down the bottom with the devices. And then I was like, and then you've got all these libraries like PyAPI and Junos EZNC and all you know, billion tools down there. And then you've got SuzyQ and Napalm, and then you've got Ansible and Nornia and Terraform. And then you've got, you know, only then do you get to like IP Fabric, Netbox. Uh, and then, so combining all those, especially when the abstractions are a bit leaky, you've got, you don't have skills in all of them. Yeah. The tool choices you make have, sometimes unforeseen consequences to future decisions you might be able to make. So there's a lot of work we can do here to help that that network automation journey be a lot more intuitive. And uh, is this something that you see uh, Netbox Labs of obviously you're you're going down the path of um, of creating the consumable um, Netbox uh, cloud instances and so on. But obviously there's more to it than that. Right. Mm -hmm. Just just giving people tools isn't enough. That's right. Yeah. I mean, really, what, what what we're saying is that there are sort of two big problems, um, data models and workflows. And, you know, I mentioned all these tools earlier. Um, yeah. If I pick, for example, Libra NMS, if you pick Libra NMS, uh, you automatically get Napalm and you automatically get a certain data model. Now, a lot of people are successfully using this with um, with with Netbox, for example, but you have to reconcile that data model somehow. Yeah. So, so there's a lot like that in there. You know, you, uh, we've been working on a, on a um, plugin, and Alex has done some great work there to figure out, okay, how do I translate IP fabric world to, to Netbox world? And, and it's not that having the different data models is necessarily an issue. It's just an issue if we don't recognize it and make it easy yeah. for the for the customer to or for the end user to, to reason about. So that's the data model side. I think the workflow side what, that we're thinking about a lot is kind of related to the the point that I made earlier about there being all these tools with different abstractions and everything else. And, and it should be kind of irrelevant, like, right? Like what I want is like BGP to work or X to work. And what we're making people have to peer through the, through the, you know, through the <laughs> abstractions way too much right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's kind of a, there's a trick in there, but I can talk more about how we're, yeah, how we're it's, it's interesting. Cause we, uh, you know, as, as IP fabric, our, our, our the, the key aspect under the hood, and the people people probably don't see this necessarily, is actually the modelling of the behaviour of the network. Yes, there's a, a shed load of data there that's gathered. Yes, you can do interesting things with that data. But unless it's structured and unless it's normalised and, and all of those good things, you can't compare one thing with another. You've always got to go through a process of do this for that vendor, this for that vendor, this for this API, that for that CLI or whatever. Yeah. 
and and I guess this is the point, isn't it? This is it's about being able to create that that view of the network as a whole without having to dig into the vendor specifics or the or, or whatever of the individual technologies that are deployed mm-hmm. um because that's just you know that way um you know the, the it sounds dangerous to me you know it's uh mm-hmm. it's, it's a hideously difficult and complex place to uh, to find yourself I, I think there's a balance to be found and it's very difficult i was fortunate enough to be quite close to the, i didn't, never worked there but i i worked with HashiCorp a little bit back right. in 2014 2015 and i was always inspired by the way that, that they looked at this which was you know it's a huge space which we called devops and then we called it programmable infrastructure and now it's called cloud native but that space that they were looking at um you know what they've what they were very successful with was was releasing a set of tools that were individually useful but when combined more useful yeah. and i think this scale we have right now and I, I can understand you know cios pulling their hair out and saying well this all just looks really complex. Why don't I just buy the entire stack from one vendor? And, you know, that's perfectly reasonable logic, right? Yeah. So it'll be easier, it'll all work together. But I think people have already been burned on that a little bit and they get a bit worried about vendor lock-in being tied into a specific roadmap. What if I can't integrate it with something else in the future? How much influence do I have? And that's where the appeal of composable and open source comes in. Yeah. But then you've got, well, I've got to glue it all together. Yeah. And I think what we're looking at is how do we have an open and composable approach to tooling that enables these workflows that is opinionated but flexible, right? So Docker okay. used to say batteries included, so it works out of the box, but you can change it if you want to. And finding that balance, obviously, there's a lot of devil in the detail there, yeah. but that's something that we're very excited about looking into. I, I, I do think, I mean, that's something that we've been looking at quite heavily, um, the, the, the ecosystem approach generally, because you know, that, that's what APIs are for, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are about being able to, to, to bring together capabilities, disparate capabilities in disparate tooling that, that can work together to give a better outcome. And I think that been super important for, especially for, for something like us, where, where it's about making that data available and creating inferences from that data, which are then making those available as well, right? To, to enrich the, the the overall operational experience. And I think it's it's interesting. I obviously I come from a heavily networking background. I've built networks, supported them, maintained them for for years and years and years. The tooling has got steadily worse, but that the main reason is because networks have got more complex and we're still using the same tooling we were using back in the 90s, right? So it's it's got harder and harder and harder to to understand how to to go about this. Mm. What we're now talking about is tooling that understands relationships between devices rather than just individual data points. And suddenly things start to get a bit more interesting again. Because now we can understand, ah, there's a there's a there's a a common behaviour of the system rather than uh, looking at individual data points from individual devices and expecting to be able to extrapolate behaviour from that. Yeah. And I think that's where the ecosystem comes in. I think that's that's really right. And a lot of what we're seeing right now, um, it is uh, well, actually, we did our fireside chat in Amsterdam. Yeah, we did, and, it, and I think it was called. Um, Network automation is net DevOps is just like DevOps apart from the hard bits or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but the general point was that there are specific problems with regards to networking. And we can talk about some of those. I think they're actually quite interesting. It's quite different to a server, especially if you consider how Completely. we do these days. But, um, but you know, I remember being at um, I remember being at VelocityCon in, in Barcelona and something like 
2014. And there was this fancy new thing, which was a plugin for Nagios. And whenever there was an alert, it could run a post alert hook to go and pull extra context. And to your point earlier, I think that's what we're starting to see. I was speaking yeah. to one of our community members on Friday night. Um, and, and he said, you know, when I get an alert, I want an alert with all of the context I need to make a decision, not just like there's an issue with this device, because then I'm, I have to get into detective mode again. And I think that's about pulling it up to workflows. If my yeah. workflow is debug, then I want tooling that supports me debugging and doesn't require deep forensic work or not yeah. too often. At yeah. and, and this is where where the hooks into ticketing systems and, and that kind of thing gets gets used for, right? Because you can you can automate so much of that gathering of data when you've got the data there and available and the understanding of what that data brings to the process. And uh, to, to your point, yeah. workflow, it's about how you would handle and manage that, that kind of incident, what, what happens when it arises. Of course, being that we have to, you know, we have to log all these things and track them and audit them. So we have to go through that process. You know, this this data ends up in all kinds of different systems rather than just necessarily network operation systems. You've got to you've got to have audit, right? You've got to have ticketing and those sorts of things. So these become super important too. Yeah. But this is the point, isn't it? This it's about understanding what we can contribute to that um from from whatever systems we have available to us yeah absolutely and and that's where the idea of information and intent comes in you know i would like to express my intent to the network in a way that's um like in language that's or like in, in a maybe not in the same language but like in the terms where the yeah. that, that was in the change ticket that asked for it right because yeah. ideally you'd be able to express business value in there and then you'd also be able to um to understand at a higher level when it comes back in terms that you understand and i think that's that's a lot of the work that we're, we're thinking through but then yeah and then that's a case of you're getting into the realms of almost self-service and that kind of thing mm -hmm. here aren't you <clears throat> by being able to to generate that level of automation that's definitely something that we see happening very often with with netbox uh, both open source users and our netbox cloud customers a very common use case is you've got a central knock that's responsible for handling all changes to the network and it's too much so what they do is they make sure that everything's in netbox with you know additional tooling around it and then they use the permissions model to farm some of that out to support desks so not only bigger things need to actually come through to the core engineering team if you're changing a vlan or you know changing the status of some device somewhere you can do that elsewhere and that helps to push the work to the right people as opposed to it being all you know uh, focused on this one team who as we know are already busy and overworked and stressed and everything else and and there's and there's the key right is you're you're creating this open data that's available to whoever needs it in whatever form they need it and right. I, I was talking with um some of our, our, our bdrs to um, earlier today about using the data in in chat systems and that kind of thing to 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 op to crack it open and make it um accessible and i think these these things are sometimes overlooked right you, you know these are these are great methods of of communicating that data out to people who who wouldn't want to log into a platform and go do a thing yeah it comes back to the workflow again i guess it, it really does. And one of the one of the things that we're mapping on when we're thinking through workflows is for whom. And, yeah. and you know, often we'll see, um, you know, like risk would really like to know uh, what version of all platforms are on all devices and how many CVEs are we aware of. Right. And, and they should just be able to ask that. Or finance would like to know 
you know, uh, the age of all the devices yeah. and how long we've had them so we can amortize those on, on the accounts. There's a lot of information in the, yeah. network, the networking equipment that the, the, the network engineering team doesn't really need to marshal. You know, they, should, they can just open it up. And and yet, you know that, that the way things happen right now is that they'll get a request from from the, the people who look after the support contracts and say, right, um, <laughs> vendor X thinks we've got all this stuff. Is this true? And where yeah. is it? And is it physically in the network or is it not? You know, and yeah. that sort of that sort of audit can take weeks to, to, to manage and handle because of the the effort right that, that's involved. Yeah. So, Mark, I mean, obviously, we, we know what we need or what we think automation can bring. Um, and I guess what we're, we're trying to do, I suppose, is help people along that path and and, yeah. and give them the tools to, to do that. Do people need a bit of bit more of a nudge, or or what more can we do? I think um, you know you can answer that two ways. I think there is do the do the tool creators need a bit more of a nudge? Uh, does the community need a bit more of a nudge to to use them? I, I think both are true to some extent. You know, we we touched on um, bringing the primitives up to a level of you know workflow and, and intent. I think that that's something that we need to start focusing on now. And I think it's important that while we're doing that, we don't leave behind people who are just getting started with simpler automation workflows. I think from the community perspective, you know, I'm just seeing a huge amount of excitement. Um, one of the great things about being with Netbox, with this huge open source community, is every now and again, uh, a massive multinational company will just email us and say, oh, by the way, we're using this you know, to manage like <laughs> a billion IPs and everything else. And, <laughs> and you know, the feeling that I get is that, sure, it's a little complicated and there's um, there's a lot of work to be done there. But in general, people seem to be charging ahead. And, yeah. you know, one one data point to sort of make this a bit more tangible is I was at Nanog 86, maybe, the one in L.A. Left at okay. the end of the year. Um, few talks on network automation, but not a lot. The next one in Atlanta huge number of talks on network automation right. and i yeah. think people are starting to see this now obviously cisco have done a lot of work with the devnet that's that's been huge for a while yeah yeah uh, but it, it really seems to be popping up and one of the other things we've noticed we 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 changed the format of the netbox community meetups a couple of months ago so it mm -hmm. used to be more of a webinar format with general updates for the community now it's more interactive and we have people coming to talk alex came i believe uh, yeah um, yeah true and what we're seeing is a lot of demand for Net, netbox related subjects that touch on automation so there's definitely hunger for, for knowledge so really then it feels like um examples i guess and 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 learning from the people who are doing already um you know making those examples available giving up people the opportunity to demonstrate and 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 show the art of the possible yeah, it becomes super useful. I think we can do a lot to help there. Um, and that's certainly something that we're looking forward to doing. You know, uh, I, I always think back to one blog I really enjoyed from a company in London called Container Solutions during the whole cloud native thing. And they mm -hmm. had a maturity matrix and it was very useful. You know, it's pretty high level, but it was useful because you could plot yourself on it and figure out where you are and where right. you should go next. And, you know, the Cloud Native Computing Foundation had their Cloud Native journey. And it's not like every journey should be that way, but it just gives you some signposts as to like where you might begin, what to do next. And of course, there are a lot of excellent resources out there. Eric's, yeah. Eric Chow's books are very good. Rick Donato's out there with his packet coders, Anton, you know, a lot of the people that we yeah, know. Yeah. 
there's a lot of information um, and I think they have the same challenge on the training side, which is, you know, it's got to advance beyond here's a bunch of tools and how you plug them together. And it's got to become these are the business object. These are the business outcomes that you achieve with those tools. And I think that's work that we're all trying to do. Yeah, I, I mean, that obviously from a from a commercial tooling standpoint, that's something that, that IP Fabric is is regularly having that conversation. It's It's where's the value in doing this? Although it's not, you know, an automation tool in the same sense as as, um, as some of the others you described, the the problems are the same, right? The the, the challenge is, um, <laughs> our competition is is the way things have always been done, right? Mm-hmm. So that's ultimately it. Why why is what what I've always done not good enough? Yeah. And sometimes that's not visible because almost network teams are overachieving mm-hmm. in in supporting and maintaining the environments they've got to deal with. Um, using techniques which are which are not necessarily uh, the best for for modern complex networks, and so it, it's not seen in the higher ups that there are issues or or that those there are ways that 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 the supportability the availability of the network can be improved by using these techniques. And I guess this is the this is the balance, right? This is this is where we need to have those tools. We need to educate people in using them, but we also need to be able to show what business benefit comes from using them um, and and be um, and help network engineers educate their own leadership as to as to how these things can help i think bridging that gap makes sense yeah and we, we i think it was sometime in the middle of last year rich and i were like we should write network automation for managers book and and that remained a very good idea that didn't get worked on but we'll probably get back to that at some point i, think I was gonna see, say that sounds like it sounds like a blog waiting to happen there it should probably start with a blog and we'll see if we can get a book out of it eventually yeah but um <laughs> but no you made a good point about uh, you know helping the network engineers i think we like to joke that netbox's main competition is is uh, excel um, you know, absolutely. The number of people that come in, you know, and we're like, you're managing how many IPs in Excel? Like, this, how does that work? But I think that's actually a credit to network engineering teams because, you know, they they're incredibly disciplined. Yeah. They've got you know strong human processes to make sure this thing doesn't fall apart. But the problem is, is that whenever I hear discipline, I think danger because humans are not good at that. If, no. if your process requires you know a, a strict set of things, and if someone forgets one and then it all breaks. Then you're sort of you're sort of pushing that tooling a bit too far, and you probably need to look at something else now, just so that the cognitive load isn't so high. Completely, and and again, we'll we'll say the same in terms of uh, diagramming, in terms of uh, design decisions, and and uh, the way networks are put together, and the reasoning for that. Same same thing. So uh, yeah, absolutely. So you know, some common themes uh, coming from that. So that's uh, that's good good to hear that uh, that we've got that position. So um. So where do we go next? What do we do? How how do we you know, you, you guys have got such a great um, established community, I suppose, around Netbox. So many great use cases. Um, I can't even imagine um, where you are with planning what comes next. <laughs> well, I mean, we, you know, our main focus right now remains Netbox Cloud. We want to make it easier for anybody to use Netbox. And, and um, that applies to existing open source users. But also what we're noticing is a, a huge signal of people who have never used the open source and they're coming straight to Netbox Cloud. And that's probably because they either don't have the time or the inclination or the skills to go and run this thing themselves. So coming straight to Netbox Cloud is very interesting for us and we're working on that. You know, a lot of running Netbox at scale, um, we've removed a lot of the operational overhead. You know, in, in 2022, our hypothesis was definitely network engineering teams 
are too busy to be running a piece of software that's so critical and because often they're not sysadmins. So, you know, so it's risky, it takes time. So we wanted to solve that problem first. What we're seeing now is um, demand for a, a few other things. So, so one is, you know, when you're, when your netbox instance becomes the core of your network automation, you're pulling information, pushing information all the time. Um, you you really start to need things that resemble software development life cycles. Like you want test environments and you want yeah. to be able to move things across and helping the larger users with those kind of problems is something that we're looking at very closely right now. And then one of our other big focuses, uh, which sort of splits two ways, is just around the ecosystem. You mentioned ecosystem earlier. And one of the things that netbox really um, enjoys is just a huge ecosystem of plugins and many of them are incredibly well maintained by the community what we're going to try to do is to raise the quality of them across the bar uh, by helping the community and obviously you know our original i think in my first ever netbox um like community meeting i came on and said our prime directive is to make a virtuous circle of investment with the open source community and now that we, you know, we have funding and we're able to expand more, what it means is a lot of the things that we see that we could help with in the community, we can now focus on and plugins is going to be one of them. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I, you know, we've always having those conversations with our customers. They're always talking about Netbox as being the, the, the way that they want to approach the, the whole source of truth thing in their automation. And. Um, and so, you know, it's been all very important to us to make sure that we can we can work in that ecosystem. Um, it's clear as we talk more about about workflow and that sort of thing that the ecosystem is a lot broader than just uh, just a, a couple of tools lashed together, right? So, so it's really good to hear, hear you talk about the uh, the automation ecosystem more generally. Um, and I think that that needs to be the way. For, for all of us working in this space. So I think uh, I was watching a, a Tech Field Day video only only today where they were talking mm -hmm. about, about exactly these these topics of visibility tooling, working with automation and, and so on to, to give that, that full picture uh, yeah. operationally. I think it's super important. Yeah, and I think those workflows, you know, our, our idea, I think it's in our strategy on our website somewhere is to be, you know, open, composable network automation. And, and we mean that and that with workflows across vendors. You know, I, one of the things I've seen done very well by people like Grafana is, you know, they may have a, 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 an integration into another vendor, but it's very well done. And, you know, sometimes what you see is they're kind of glued together and then it's, yeah. you know, your mileage may vary. But I think when the partners can come together and think about the user to create that so that the flow across tools makes sense, that's when you really start to see yeah. extra value yeah. being released. So not just passing data for data sense, uh, sake, but but for doing it for a use case and uh, and understanding that use case properly. Yeah, definitely. Listen, Mark, I'm I'm conscious that we could just go on and on and on, and I'm sure we will over a pint sometime soon. Um, but um, I don't know if you've got any last kind of little nugget that you want to uh, to give people and leave them with before we go. Well, no, I will say one thing, sort of a call to action, is is uh, we were very inspired by your free trial, um, and we now have our own. So as ah, of last Tuesday, uh, you can go to netboxlabs.com. Uh, there's a big button up at the top, put in your detail, and you'll get a Netbox Cloud instance. Um, there's a whole series of uh, tutorials that come with that to talk you through it, and it's an excellent way to try it out. So go go, go click on it. Fantastic. Well, um, I hope you uh, hope you see um, uh, take up on that, and uh, and we'll no doubt be talking a whole lot more about ecosystem anyway as we go. But um, thanks for your time. Always good to talk, my friend, and we will uh, no doubt see you soon. My pleasure. Thank you very much, Darren.
Cheers, mate.